Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This year, we'll be bringing you weekly podcast episodes to talk about health, wellness, and balancing life during the pandemic. Speaking of balance, today we are taking a dive into the topic to help support students as they are juggling busy class schedules, work, and personal responsibilities. I am Royce Perkins, and I am a junior health science major. And I am Gwyneth Cotorio. I am a fourth-year psych major and child and family science minor. We are both volunteers in the Peer Ambassador Wellness Program, and we're going to be your host this week. I'm really excited to welcome our guest to the podcast, Jamal Washington. Thank you so much for being here, Jamal. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at Fresno State? Again, my name is Jamal Washington. I'm a SupportNet academic coach. In our office, we offer one-on-one academic coaching for Fresno State students, and it's focused on holistic success, academic skills, and development. And the goal is to get students to a point of lifelong learning. I specifically uh, put together our department series of academic success workshops. So we just uh, launched our YouTube channel this year, and it is FS underscore SupportNet. So we have right now about 12 workshop topics available. Students can access it any time of the day. And uh, we know at this time where we're really increasing a need and, and times and schedules are very just in an uncommon place. We wanted to make sure that our support was accessible to students at any time. So today we are talking about balance and achieving balance is something I think we all can agree we want more of, but it's hard work to get there. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to find balance and why it's so important? I really believe that finding balance is about balancing the whole you. You, yourself, the values that you have, the intersecting roles and responsibilities and identities you have, they all have commitments. They have things that require us to pour of ourselves. And so when we talk about balance, it's about creating balance with all of those different things. I believe in a lot of ways it's going to involve a combination of time management, self-care, really assessing what the priorities are, And then where you may have to make sacrifice or seek out help to put these things all to where they fit together and you have an ideal balance. But I think one of the most important things when I talk to students about it is that you don't want to lose self as you're finding balance. Now, what are some good indicators that we aren't in a place of balance in our lives? That is a great question. I would say things like exhaustion, feelings of apathy, frustration unintentional forgetfulness, uh, declining motivation and interest, becoming withdrawn, or if you find that you're just moody and you don't know the root of why I'm just responding to everything and I have like this this mood today, um, those are going to be some signs. And I think some of the more recognizable ones where we really start to sacrifice from self is when you start to skip or miss some of the essential parts of the day you're consistently skipping breakfast or you're pushing lunch later and later in the day or you're eating dinner when you can get to it or you're not really drinking water, you know, getting the rest that you need. I think that's where it really gets to a point where it's it's recognizable. If a student came to you and said, Jamal, I'm struggling to find balance in my life, what are some of the first steps you'd recommend that that student would take to get the ball rolling? I think some of the first things that would happen is that we have to sit down and take a look at the various commitments, the the different identities and the responsibilities associated with that. And then we have to start to organize. So we'd use some of our toolkits and support net to start looking at managing time, 
synchronizing a schedule. What is the syllabus indicating are the requirements for the semester? So going through each class and, and building those things into a, a, a time management regimen. And then uh, we have to really look at self-care at the same time. So I try not to lose a sense of the person themselves in that whole process. What are we managing? What is important? And what is missing? And so looking at those things and making sure that there's time and space for the self-care in the same time we're looking at time management. And again, in that conversation, there's a look at priorities, values, and trying to make all of those things align where there's a balance between your work, your school commitments, and then your personal space that you need just to be in a solid mental space, a solid space of personal well-being. It's important to have all of those three things aligned. I'm glad you talked about time management there because we all know balance is all about time management. So do you have any tips, tricks, or tools you'd recommend to students seeking to improve their time management skills? Definitely. I would uh, recommend uh, starting by designing a system of time management that's going to work for that particular student. So each each student's time management and how we address it is going to look a little bit different. But it starts with uh, mapping. So digital mapping or, you know, manually mapping, creating a, a, you know, a giant desk calendar or a wall calendar, a whiteboard where you look at the week and what your commitments are. Whatever form of mapping is going to be the first step. But then from that point, it's how do I synchronize the people that I'm connected to? How do I synchronize the alerts, the reminders, the notifications to stay on track with my time commitment? That's the secondary part, because more times than not in the semester, when you're just mentally trying to remember what you have to do and when you're going to start working on it, when multiple things start to factor in on top of just the uncommon circumstances we're in, it's very, very easy to forget things or remember them at the last minute and it creates a lot of stress and, and struggle in trying to stick to a time commitment and manage time that way. So mapping and then synchronizing all of our commitments is important. In the early weeks of the semester, I think that's the best time to start planning uh, time management because you can take each syllabus from each class, you can build them into a, a routine of what are the due dates, the deadlines, the exam dates, and you can, at that early point, start to see where things are already conflicting. I have two exams on this day in October. I really need to start planning for that ahead of time so that when I get to October, I don't look at that week and say, oh, my goodness, I have two exams on the same day. You know, the earlier you can do that, it allows you to see what's coming ahead and plan for that, uh, make adjustments, make the decisions you have to make in the process to stick to the commitments and the times that they need to happen. I think the other part that's important and people don't really expect a lot of times is that we also have conversations about downtime. So just because everything fits on a calendar doesn't mean that it works. It's great when you don't see that there's any open time for you to adjust to the different curveballs that life can throw at you. I think that becomes problematic. If you get sick or if you get a flat tire or a family member needs you to do this and it's really important and you don't have any open time, it makes it very difficult. And one curveball like that can throw your entire week, your entire semester off track. So I think being able to have some downtime, some personal time, some time for the curveballs that life is going to throw at you is important also. And then just being consistent with updating and foreseeing conflicts from that point is important. So if your syllabus changes or a test date changes, 
making those updates in, in real time and then seeing you know, are there additional conflicts or does this conflict with something else that has changed is important from there. But really just mapping and synchronizing, um, looking ahead to see where you may have conflicts and anticipate that. And then just having some space is the three important elements, I think. So you talked about mapping and scheduling downtime. What are some recommendations to help us prioritize our really important tasks on our to-do list and also our downtime? When it comes to prioritizing the to-do list, I think building in and planning for the little steps to the items on the to-do list is important. So let's say you have on the to-do list, I have an exam, I have a study group, and I need to pay the electric bill. It might be important to say, okay, when am I going to pay this electric bill? When does it fit into my schedule? What time can I do it? Do I need to make any stops? Uh, the same if you have something on your on your to-do list as I have these same elements and I have to go to the grocery store. Well, the grocery store has a lot of curveballs to it right now. So uh, you have to map out what do I need to get? What's the grocery store I'm going to go to? How much time do I anticipate that will take? And so planning out the little steps for the things on the to-do list, I think, is important so that it's not overwhelming. If it is or it could be something where it cuts it really close, you have this commitment followed and immediately afterwards by another commitment. It's also going to be important to know who is in that support system you have who could step in. So if that day has a last minute change that throws your entire day off, um, sometimes it's helpful to know who's in my support system that can step in or do I have the flexibility to do that element on my to-do list tomorrow or at a later point. As you look at the to-do list, trying to find ways and anticipate what is the necessary things, what are the things that are movable, how much flexibility do I have with that, have I overcommitted to too many things that have to be done at this time, at this point, and be impatient with yourself. So when things don't happen as planned, I think you have to go into that to-do list with that as well. What would be the circumstances if this doesn't happen as planned? Do I still have room to still get this done and get it done well? Or do I really need to put tunnel vision on these things because this has to get done on this day at this time? And this one here, if I don't get to it, it's okay. There's There's a secondary way that I could get it done and still achieve what I wanted to. Uh, I think just knowing the pressures associated with what's on the to-do list, what needs to get done, what can be moved is really important. It takes the the stress out of time management and task management, and it allows you to really put tunnel vision on what's most important. And as you build the to-do list, I think priorities and values are going to indicate what's first, uh, what's secondary, what you can move. So just prioritizing and then just knowing what you have flexibility and grace with achieving and what can be maybe moved to another point that might work a little better for you. When we talk about managing our time, it's about so much more than just plugging in when we have our classes and when we'll study. It's also about getting enough sleep, making meals, and other activities that help support our basic needs. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to schedule these things in our day too and the risk we take when we don't prioritize these activities? That is, I'm so glad you asked that question because that is an excellent question. When we don't take care of what feels like the little things, these can become the time consumers later on. On the weekend, for example, meal prepping could be something that saves you so much time versus always having to go get fast food, go spend more than you have to. It's, it's 
become now a bigger issue time wise and probably money wise versus just taking the initial time to just meal prep. The same with uh putting gas in the car. If you don't put gas in the car and you wait until the morning when there's rush hour and you spend 10 or 15 minutes putting gas in when you could have did it the evening before. And now you're a few minutes later, there's more traffic, you're getting every red light. You know, sometimes not taking care of what seems like the little things can consume more time, more energy, more money than if you were to proactively do it earlier. The same with sleep. Sleep works against you in so many ways. It's the first thing that tends to be sacrificed when time management and the commitments are starting to get out of alignment. And over time, if you're doing a commute, lacking the necessary amount of sleep can be dangerous to drive with not enough sleep. But also um, the procrastination and doing the all-nighter just doesn't allow you to be in the clearest state of mind. So going into an exam and a high pressure exam and you're kind of foggy in your thoughts and memory because you haven't rested is really something that can work against you in a lot of ways. And so doing the little things early allows you to not just do things, but do it well, do it where it's efficient. And I think that's the best approach to have. Continuing about uh, the idea of procrastination, you brought up, I think that sometimes students, definitely myself included, have the best of intentions, but we can still put off those assignments and tasks until the last minute. So I know for me personally that when I have multiple assignments due that need to be done soon, I'll, I'll often tackle the smaller ones that are easier to finish first. So what are some ways we can avoid procrastination to seek better balance in our lives? Procrastination is it's one of those methods of approaching things where we might get this false sense of confidence that there's uh, a better response from ourselves when we have that pressure, when we're facing the pressure of a deadline. I think the one thing to think about is, are you um, solely working towards getting something done or do you want it to be done well? In a lot of ways, when you want something to be done well, you really want to give yourself some grace and allowing yourself to take advantage of some of the other things to allow you to put the icing on the cake. So in a lot of the shows that, that are out there right now, for example, You'll see the pressure when master chefs and cooks and the pressure they have when the clock starts and you have these A-list chefs that are great in everything they're doing and they're looking at the time and they're down to the last few minutes and they, you know, they announce, you got a minute and there's this scramble to get it done. And we don't want that to be our process for our assignments. But when we procrastinate, that's exactly what happens. We're doing the last paragraph of our paper and we are just like the chefs trying to put the icing on the cake really fast on a television show, but you're a master chef. So this is what you do and this is what you do well, but you know you do it at your best when you have the time and you have the freedom to do things at the pace that's more comfortable. To avoid procrastination in our academics, I think just thinking of it how we see it in these reality shows is the best way. When we give ourselves additional time, we give ourselves additional opportunities to put the icing on the cake, to put the cherry on top, and that paper is not just a paper you turned in and you got it done by the deadline, but it's something that's probably going to be the best reflection of what you're capable of doing. As a student, that's what we want to position ourselves to be. We've talked about some of the hard skills needed to create a more balanced life, uh, such as time management and mapping out things. But uh, some of balance is very much a state of mind and connection mm -hmm. for mental health. Can you speak to this a little bit? It's so important at this time. The circumstances created by the pandemic, 
a lot of the other situations that are, are happening in our world right now to really create opportunities and space to be connected to others, to have positive interactions, to uh, reinforce the progress and the success that we're on this journey towards and the uncommon ways that we're forced to do it right now. I think sometimes when we change the perspective that we have in the moment, especially in, in times when things don't look so well, uh, this can really allow us to give ourselves this boost of positivity. I can tell you as a returning student as well this semester, this is challenging because the thought of going back and going into graduate studies is pretty intimidating and being in a situation where you have to do so virtually knowing that, you know, for myself, I just like to ask questions in person. I like to be in class. I like to be connected to my colleagues in the classroom. Uh, that was going to be a particular challenge. But when you shift the perspective and you say, you know what, there's some takeaways from all of this that maybe doesn't get as much opportunity to be discussed, such as how much more savvy the average student is going to be with learning through technology than it was before and how that might be something that is a transferable skill in the careers and industries that are ahead when you can say, hey, I have to meet on Zoom. I met on Zoom for like a year and a half while I was in school in the pandemic. I don't have to learn. I'm, I'm already prepared for that. Or um, just being prepared to work from home. If you have opportunities that say, hey, would you be willing to work from home? Hey, I worked from home for a year and a half during the pandemic. I'm already prepared to do that. You know, there's a lot of ways where the things right now that seem like challenges, things that we're not too happy with in the moment, we may doubt ourselves about it. Um, shifting our perspective can allow us to maybe see some of the more positive ways that these things can be takeaways in the long run. And that's important because in so many ways, things can be defeating us right now or making us feel like we're not in a good space. There's a lot of energy out there that can reinforce what isn't going well, what isn't possible, what isn't going to happen. But in a lot of ways, we're the controller of our destiny. We still have the pen in our hand for this chapter and how we're going to respond. And adversity is, is going to be something that's going to be faced at every level and every new opportunity you have. So this semester is a new opportunity. Next semester is a new opportunity. But when adversity isn't something that's bringing the best out of us, we have to shift our perspective. And we see a lot of the greats in society do that. I love sports. I'm a huge Laker fan. So seeing the Lakers go into the bubble and people question how great they were, but they found a way to change and, you know, become greater in the face of adversity of not having their full team, and having injuries to deal with. But that adversity didn't make them see that they couldn't get to where they are now, one game away from being a champion. In sports, it serves as, as you know, entertainment, but also a way of us seeing how overcoming the impossible happens every day. Sometimes it means we have to shift our perspective in order to see the positivity and keep our mental approach of how we're seeing ourselves, what we're capable of achieving in a positive space, and also being comfortable with seeking out help proactively is the other part. So if our mental well-being is at a point where it's beyond our own capability of seeing a positive or a way to get to a positive space, I think it's so important to take advantage of the support that's out there. And that's why I'm so happy to be here today, because I know you all do tremendous work 
in, in, in your role and as well in the Student Health and Counseling Center. And it's, it's so much more needed at this point. I think our students, if they could see that this is something proactive and if I'm at a point where it's out of my control, I have support there. They're on campus right now, but you guys are there because our students need it and it's that important of a service. So proactively seeking out that help and just shifting our perspective is two of the most critical things. A way that I maintain balance throughout my day is by giving myself breaks in between all the stuff on my to-do list. Royce, would you care to share how you maintain balance throughout your day as well? Thank you. Yes, I maintain balance by scheduling my time in two blocks. So, for example, I'll spend an hour or two working, focusing on assignments and my studies. And then after that, I'll get up and like take an hour or so to have a break where I'll either like book, eat, watch something, exercise, stretch, move around, and so on. Now, Jamal, what are some of your favorite ways to create and maintain balance in your day-to-day life? I have to, every so often, I have to stand up and walk around. I had the luxury of being right downstairs from Starbucks in the library. And uh, now that I'm not able to go on the stairs or the library elevator upstairs to Starbucks, I have to still give myself opportunities to stand up and walk around. So I think much like much like Roy shared, I have to periodically stand up, walk around, take a walk out in the backyard and get some fresh air. I have to stay connected to peers. So sometimes this might mean that one of my breaks might be virtual Zoom lunch where we sit in front of a, a camera screen and we eat lunch and talk to each other just like we would in the break room. Just staying connected to others is important and also just staying active. Our virtual um, circumstances can keep us confined to the same seat in the same room for extended time. So as much as possible, I try to break that. You've shared so many great tips and tools today already, such as SupportNet's new YouTube channel. Are there other resources Fresno State offers or apps that you'd like to highlight that might support our students? I would highly recommend checking out our SupportNet webpage. We have a lot of our toolkits are available and you can download them at any time. So if there is something such as time management that you'd like to work on, our, our template is available. You can download it. It's a fillable form. So you can fill in your class schedule for the second half of the semester. Uh, today forward is the second half of the semester. And this is a point where we really know where we stand at this point in the semester. We know if we're looking at an uphill battle or we're trying to maintain solid grades. So this is a perfect time to really make adjustments. And if time management, if exam preparation is something that's necessary, I would say starting with our support net website is a great uh, way to begin downloading items from there. But also uh, the uncertainty for the job market. So for students who are getting closer to graduation or internships, taking advantage of the upcoming career, the virtual career fairs, even if it's outside of your current major, I would highly recommend that you want to start building networks and connections with employers. Connectivity is important. And right now we're limited. So if you have an opportunity to do it virtually, you know, put on a shirt and a tie so that you're, you're professional from the neck up and be prepared to network with those employers, make those connections. Uh, I would say take advantage of that. Our career services department has a lot of great features as well. Uh, career cafe, uh, upcoming job fairs. They can still support you with preparing your resume. If you're looking for internship opportunities in some 
regards, that could be very different right now. So I would say connect with them as well. And then office hours. Having the conversations with professors in their office hours is probably something that's a priority right now. Um, so taking advantage of the office hours, the interactions, building relationships with your faculty is important. And just like students, I think the interaction with, with students and having one-on-one -on -one conversations is something that's very welcome right now. We're all in this isolation. So take advantage of those office hour opportunities, have those conversations, get the extra support directly from your professor. And last but not least, tutoring and supplemental instruction. So our tutors are excellent. I actually meet with them pretty regularly. I also collaborate with William Hardaway, who's our uh, coordinator of tutoring, and Tony, who's our assistant coordinator. Excellent team there in tutoring. Our SI team is also very, very excellent. These services lead to academic success. So if you haven't already, take advantage of our tutoring, our supplemental instruction. Those services lead to success and results. So um, if you haven't already, the second half of the semester, start committing to it once a week. Uh, there's great student leaders in there, and so I highly recommend it. With that being said, we actually do have a podcast about virtual learning with William Hardaway, so uh, you guys can check that out as well. But Jamal, thank you so much for being here to help all of us become more mindful of how we integrate balance into our daily lives. I know I personally find that shifting my perspective will be important to help me find balance in both mind and body. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Join us every week as we continue conversations on health and wellness. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FS Health Center, where we will share other ways you can build a healthier you.